start by saying that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves his church. You come to Christ, you accept Jesus, you become part of the body of Christ. around the world. We are a part of that. Let me say that Jesus is not afraid of circumstances they're facing. Not afraid of the mountain. Something is dead, you it stinketh. And this is the picture Paul describes. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. All of us have been born with this problem. The Bible says that 
All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I didn't finish the verse that started. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. He's about life. God is about bringing life and turning your situation around. He's about bringing hope to the hopeless. He's about bringing life and transformation into that which is absolutely impossible. What are we up against? And Paul described in verse 2, of which you formerly walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. You see, we're against a spiritual enemy. We know as Satan, the prince of the power of the air. He has been at it a long time. He started in the very beginning of creation. He began to mess with God, uh, man and woman, Adam and Eve, as we know, and began to lie to them what God had told them they couldn't do. They shouldn't eat partake of the tree of life. But Satan, of course, is a deceiver. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But God has given us the weaponry. God has given you the armor. God has given you the power. It's not in your own might. It's not in your own willpower. You cannot stop sinning by this simple willpower. You will only overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony, which begins to demonstrate. You begin to take a stand by within your heart. You know that Jesus Christ lives. And you begin to declare the glory of your body, Lord of your mind, Lord of your heart. Lord, over all circumstances, you can take this great word and begin to live it out. Begin to speak it over your own body, over your own people, your own, your own house. I believe it's powerful that the word Proverbs says life is in the power of the tongue. Life is in the life of death is in the power of the tongue. I believe that wherever Jesus went, we know that it spoke and people were changed. They were absolutely marveling. Is this the carpenter's son? Who is this guy? He speaks like no other. They find that there is something different and the word of the Lord is like a sword that cuts through. And so Paul is describing this former life. We were all dead. We were in our sins. We were uncaring about the things of God. We were unconcerned. We were not awakened. We were not awake to the things of God. We did not participate. We did not talk to God. We did not listen to God. We were just on our own, living for ourselves. That's this picture. But God, verse 4, but God, but God. I want you to begin to think in your circumstances right now that two words, 
but um, be rich. God is not, he's not just barely getting by. God is beyond all you can imagine. God has more and more for your situation. God has already paid the price. Your penalty for your sin has been paid in full. We'll get to that in a moment. But God is rich. What is he rich in? He's rich in mercy. Thank God every day for his mercy. Without his mercy, I would be doomed. Without his mercy, I could not stand before him. Without his mercy, I could not do that which he's called me to do. You could not do that which he's called you to do because of his great love, but he loved us. We can't imagine how far God has gone, how far God will go. He will go to the extreme. He will go, he will leave the 99 and look for the one. He will leave that it, which as we know he left heaven above to come down so that we could understand who he is and have a chance and have the wonderful gift of eternal life. This was not an afterthought which blows in my mind in a way of how God had already had in motion and plan before he created the earth that his son, the Lord Jesus, would come. It wasn't a plan B, it was, it was the plan. And so God, how much does God really love? You can't imagine. We can only try. And sometimes our problem is this so often. I believe that many believers live with this understanding and thinking that I'm not quite good enough. I'm just not there. I'm just not, why would God ever use me? Why would God ever do anything with me? I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just a miserable, wretched person. Thank God that he doesn't give up on us. That God uses people not because they're perfect, but because their sins are forgiven. And they're trying to walk in his Yes, we're called by God. Love the testimony last night of one of the young men that spoke about God coming into his life. You were here, you heard him talk about it. He was doing drugs, he was on, he was, he was vomiting on himself, he was sitting on a couch, just a mess. And he felt this presence. He said he felt this presence. And he looked out the window and he could feel it. And he asked, asked who's there? He said the, the fans slowed. Everything stopped around him. He talked about how he even heard the voice. He heard his voice, an audible voice. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But he heard, he said, something like this. If you don't change, I'm going to let you go. Basically, what he, what the speaker West shared about the scripture in Corinthians, that God gave them over. If people continually reject God and resist Him and go their own way, and so to speak, raise their fist at God, God will say, "Okay, I'll let you go your way. I'll let you do your thing." God doesn't force us. It's His love. This is inspired me 
in spite of what I've done, in spite of my sinfulness, while I was yet a sinner, God initiated this. God put into motion. God took action. The very fact that I can understand and believe is the mercy of God because God sent the Holy Spirit. I cannot understand his word without the help of the Holy Spirit. You realize how much of a gift we have been given when we begin to understand, you know what, we don't understand it all even yet. Some things are sealed up until the day. Revelation describes and Daniel describes. Daniel, being a man of God, understood the principalities and powers of he, he prayed and he wrestled to, to envision, to figure out a vision that God had given to him, and he could not figure it out. He wrestled with God for 21 days and speaks about the, the angel Gabriel, then Michael came and fought with them, and they finally broke through. But the Bible says Daniel's prayer was heard on the first day. God is not sleeping in heaven. Do you know that there's a battle that's raging on? God is on the throne. And you know what? There's more of them, more of us than of the enemy. Two-thirds of angels are still in heaven. Two-thirds of the angels, one-third went with the devil. Guess what, devil? You're going to lose. You're going to be defeated. You are defeated. We've got to understand our position, our, 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 our absolute authority that we have through Jesus Christ. We are not given over. We are not because we're not given over to wrath. He describes here that because God being rich in love, which he loved us even when we were dead, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus in order that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus for by grace you have been saved through faith now I thought about this how can we illustrate? You know, if I had the biggest box I could find and wrapped it up and made it look like a Christmas gift, it wouldn't be big enough. If I could find all the gold and all the stuff that would pretty somewhat be so, you know, rich, it would still fall short of the mercy and the grace that money cannot buy. Friends, I cannot say myself. You cannot say yourself. We are hopeless had not Christ come and gave himself. We are called by God to believe on him. We are called by God to just Except if someone worked hard on a gift and made all the effort, and, he, and that person 
put their heart into it, and handed it to you, and you ask, you'd say something, well, I know you really worked hard. I don't really deserve that, so I, I don't want to do it. God is offering jewels to give his son by grace. It's nothing we deserve. It's nothing I can do. All the good works that never outweigh my sin. All the things I can try to surmise, I can try to do good, I can try to give to missions, I can try to, you know, please God in some way, formulate <coughs> some kind of a of a of a deed that will go beyond it will never be enough until Jesus and we understand that we need to save him. We can never jump far enough across the chest. We never figure out how to build a bridge across the distance because God cannot look upon sin. God cannot accept sin. God is a holy God. And the only way we can become worthy is through Christ. The only way I can become righteous is through Christ. The way we become accepted is through his blood that we shed. That's good news. He was rich. God is rich. He says he is rich. Another word, back in the first chapter, uh, New American Standard using the word, the word lavished. Lavished. He lavished it upon us. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished. He didn't just, you know, just give him a mouth, just give him just to get by. He lavished, he went over the top. It's more than enough. It's more than enough. Friends, I don't see anywhere in the Bible that for the sin too big that Jesus' blood cannot forgive. The only thing that stops God's forgiveness is unbelief. Unbelief. But even then, if you struggle with believing, pray this prayer. Lord, help me unbelief. Help my doubts. No, God is not. He knows your heart. I believe that in the last moments, people will just cry out to the Lord. Maybe they held back all their life. Maybe they just couldn't make the decision. But in the final moment, if God gives you that opportunity, if you are anywhere in that position, Good seconds, Jesus. Jesus saved. That's all it takes. Now you may have lost out some reward rewards from your serving the Lord, but heaven is a wonderful place. And I believe God wants people to be in His presence. He so desires 
to share with us who he is. He so desires that he's preparing a place for us even now, as the scriptures teaches about. I want to lighten up the subject a little bit. We go on from this passage, and so we read it's we're not saved, we're saved by grace. We want to understand. But I want you to notice. Verse 10, we are his workmanship. We, we are his workmanship. You heard someone say, God made us, he didn't make junk. Right? You've heard that. It's true. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. How many like to have, you like projects, you like doing stuff with your hands? Wonderful. You get you get it. You kind of get fulfilled. You, you feel you feel like you've done something. Whether it's woodwork, painting, restoring something old. Maybe you have a, a hobby that you enjoy. Guess what? Lord puts those desires in your heart. You've been created for Him, and you're not. Saved by your good works. You love to give. You love to, to help. You're not trying to earn your way, but as a result of your salvation, you just can't help but want to make a difference. It feels so complete, so satisfying when you reach out to someone who's in need. Isn't that a fun thing? <coughs> Doing it get something back for doing it out of the love of Jesus in our life. We are created by him. His workmanship. We are his workmanship. Well, guess what? He gives us jobs to do. He gives us work to do. He gives you the skill, the, the mindset, the attitude of what you're doing matters because it's not that I'm doing for myself, but I'm representing the presence of the Lord. So what he does is he takes us and he cleans us up. He takes us as we are, a piece that is so forth. We can illustrate, we were dead, a dead, lying thing that this was no life, was not contributing to the kingdom. And it begins to breathe life into that body, and that life comes through Christ, and then we are resurrected to Him, and we begin to contribute to the kingdom of God. It's all about it's all about His plan. It's all about His work. It begins to shift from myself to He, to who He is. But God, but God, remember those verses when you're in a difficult situation and it's hard and you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say, just say this, but God does. God is all-knowing. God is all about reaching past. Thank you. Ladies who were involved with this 
that allowed me to help uh, foster children both take Unfortunately, we had a snowstorm, but I saw attitudes didn't matter. You were going to have a good time anyway. And it did. You see, God gives you ideas. You look past. You see the community. One of our fellows here has it in his heart to help the food shop. I just get excited. Someone's thinking outside of themselves. Others in this church have a heart for missions. Others are working in the mission field of schools. They're there helping Belize. I'm proud of this church. I'm proud when I see you walking the door because I know you are making a difference when you leave this place. You don't go out by yourself. You go out with the help of Jesus and the whole armor of God upon you. You know what? People are being dragged through life. A lot of people are being drugged along. They're not excited about their job. They're bored. They're sick. They're sick of it. And without hope. Friends, we are rich. We have the message. We have the person, Jesus Christ, who comes to give to us a hope to save us. And we cannot save ourselves. And then he goes on in the second chapter, and we'll pick it up probably next time around, but I just allude to it. He describes this building, this structure representing the church, verses 20, 21, 22. Jesus Christ being the cornerstone. The whole building is being fitted together, growing, growing, growing. I like the word growing. I'm not there yet. But I'm growing. I'm still growing no matter what age I am. I must not stop growing. I must keep seeking. I must keep learning. I must keep developing. Jesus is done with it. How much grace you want included with this. The grace that saved you same grace that will keep you. That assuring and keep you from the storms of life. It will be that which you will return to and remember where he brought you out. He picked you up when nobody else wanted you. And you were a throwaway. Nobody else understood you. You had to do. You said, Jesus, can you save me? Will you save me? Friend, if you haven't made that prayer, you can make that prayer today. Simple word, simple prayer. Will you save me? 